time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. What's the new thing you're trying? What is it that you have decided to take on as your, your new growth point? I say that because I believe that that's what we humans are constantly doing. We're looking for places to grow and expand. And when we don't do that, we get stagnant. One of my favorite quotes is by Ray Kroc, who was the founder of McDonald's. At least the McDonald's we know is the fast food chain that we're all familiar with. Ray Kroc said, you are either green and growing or ripe and rotting. And that, we're always at a growth stage. It's a need that we all have to keep growing. So I'll tell you a little bit about mine today because I want to talk about some lessons I've learned in this new little venture uh, that I've done. Um, I'll tell you, just out of kind of full disclosure, I turned 52 this year. And um, so when at the end of the holidays, my son uh, was the last to go back to school. My daughter had to go on back to work. My son returned to college and I went started jujitsu. Um, that was something that I talked about doing and here it was January. So I'm not paddling on the river. I'm, I'm a, I'll admit I'm a warm weather paddler. Uh, every year I talk about paddling into the winter on the paddleboard, but I really like to paddle in the warmth. And so when winter comes, I try to look for something that will give me some exercise. And so I thought, Hey, I'll do jujitsu. The reason behind that is because when I was a teenager, um, I developed actually as a young person, I developed a a real uh, interest in martial arts. Uh, if you, know me much, you know that if I'm in something, I'm really in it. Uh, When I learned to scuba dive, I decided to be an instructor and made it through the training. And so I I don't tend to do things halfway. And so as a teenager, I really got interested in martial arts, studied a lot, uh, even studied it when I was a a kind of a child, um, loved Bruce Lee and and all that stuff. And so uh, when I got into uh, junior high, I started Taekwondo, uh, lived in a small community. So went to the YMCA multiple times in a week and did Taekwondo. It was a great experience for me. Taught me a lot about discipline. It also uh, taught me the fact that uh, my coordination was not all it needed to be at that point, but I kept working at it and it helped me. I was never going to be a super athlete. I was never going to be super competitive. I ran a run. I, I won a few competitions, but you know that was at an early age. And so at that point, um, as I was going through high school, I, I kept at it for a while. Finally, it was time for me to leave town and go elsewhere. And so on the way to college, I stopped practicing Taekwondo, always with a desire to go back to it. That was a long time ago. And over the years, there have been multiple times when I thought, you know, I think I'm going to go back and try something. And so I, I did Tai Chi with my daughter, which is kind of a, the slow moving martial arts. We took that class and, you know, I would always kind of read some philosophy in martial arts and look at a few things, but I never went back to it. But this was the time I'd been talking about it for several months. I said, you know, I think I'm going to do that when it gets cold. I'll have some time. You know, I'll, I think I'll do that for exercise. And so my wife encouraged me. So my son went off uh, to college. And that night I went to observe the class and signed up and started taking the class. So if you are somebody who follows uh, much of jujitsu, I'll tell you um, kind of my brand. Um, 
My jiu-jitsu that I'm studying is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. More specifically, it's the Gracie family version of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. In fact, my instructor was instructed by uh, Helio Gracie, so kind of a direct line to that family. And the Gracies have a a philosophy that jiu-jitsu is primarily a self-defense, but also secondarily, we can use it for exercise and sports. So all of those pieces are the background. If you know anything about martial arts, that might tell you where I'm from. So what I wanted was winter exercise and a new challenge. It was just time for me to start fresh. It's been a long time since I've been at zero knowledge base. So I wanted to have kind of a beginning point, a beginner's mind. If you're familiar with that term from um, uh, mostly from Eastern thought that, you know, you need a, a beginner's mind in, in meditation and Zen and such. You want to cultivate a beginner's mind, which is that you enter something not knowing about it. So I learned a few lessons and I just thought I would just share with you some thoughts about what I've learned. Uh, so as I am taping this, we are uh, kind of Towards, towards the end of uh, May. And so that means that I have been at this for about five months. So let's be very clear here. I am not an expert. I am very much a beginner. And in fact, what I've realized is I will be a beginner for a very long time in this. But I've had lots of thinking about what this process has been. And I think that it has some applications to life. So I just thought I'd share those with you. The first thing is I realized once again that you don't know what you don't know about subjects. There is a progression as you move towards learning something. And that progression follows the exact same pattern no matter what it is. Whether you're studying to be a mechanic or a doctor or a lawyer or uh, you, you, know, you start a new sport or a, a new hobby, you, all, you start at the same place. You don't know what you don't know. You can't know what you don't know because you're the outsider at that point. And so when I went to class, I had an idea of what that would be like to go in in that class. And when I got there, those preconceptions, I realized I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I I knew about places where you'd go in and almost immediately start rolling, as we call it in jujitsu, where you're you're sparring with each other. You're rolling around on the floor because that's where jujitsu takes place for the most part. You're basically learning to take someone to the ground and work from the ground. And so I know that there are places where you, you practice that from the very first day. That is not the philosophy of the program I'm in that believes that you need to master a certain number of techniques in order to defend yourself, first in, in uh, self-defense, but second in a sparring match, just so you, you know some ways to move. And it's a much safer atmosphere. Also recognize that I didn't know how they ran the class. I didn't recognize how they did uh, the belt structure or anything else. In other words, I didn't know what I didn't know. I walked in and observed that class, and I remember I was sitting there watching this class, and I'd picked out uh, a particular class, not realizing that it was like the upper level. And so they said, oh, sure, you can watch it, but that's not where you're going to be. And so I was watching these uh, fairly advanced guys who were rolling for pretty much the solid hour with each other. 
with techniques that I could not even make. I had no idea. It looked like they were just arms and legs and, and things spinning in the air and, and all this stuff going every which way and all this grunting and shoving and, and it just looked like a mess because I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what moves I was watching. I didn't know really what they were doing. I didn't know how one would win. I didn't know any of that. So I started classes and I learned kind of the process of the class, of, of how we enter into the class, how we start the class, how the class is conducted, how we clean the, the mats at the end of the class. You know, it's basically the structure. And then I began to see the structure behind that, that I was going to need to master these certain number of techniques by going to class a certain number of times. And then I would go to another class a certain number of times to demonstrate that not only could I do them one at a time, but I could do them when something came at me. When somebody was to move it at me a certain way, I knew how to respond. The reflex development of that. So now I know a little bit more. And then I recognized that there are all these moves. There are this basic number of moves that uh, the 30-some number of moves that are the basic elements. You know, I, I needed to learn those ones. And then I realized that there are, you know, hundreds more after that. Once you've mastered those basic few, that's like the on-ramp to this huge network of learning. All that to say, at that point, now I know what I don't know. And it's overwhelming at that point. You may have had experience where you're doing something and at first you're like, it's, you know, it's just kind of bliss. You have no idea how complicated this is. And then you figure out how complicated it is. And it's almost overwhelming how complicated it is. It's all this stuff coming at you. You might remember this, this from school. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll whip this program. Maybe you go to a training program at work and you're like, yeah, I'll get this. And you get in there and you realize there's way more to it than you thought. So at that point, you go from I don't know what I don't know to I know what I don't know. And that's a lot. And a lot of times that's the, the phase of learning for people where they know what they don't know and they're beginning to learn what they don't know. So I'm learning some moves. And so now I'm watching this advanced class and I'm going, oh, yeah, that's that, that straight arm lock or, oh, yeah, that's the pass or, oh, yeah, that, and I can begin to name the moves. Now, there are lots of other moves that are thrown in there that I'm like, I don't know what that was, right? But I, now I know the reason I don't know what it is is because there are lots more out there that I'm going to know. Okay, so eventually... I'll get to the place where I know what I know. I will have mastered this information. But mastered is a relative term because there are always the slight details that come along with it. So part of what I was learning at this time was to be at the beginning point. Because there'll be a time, and this is where we finally find mastery in any level. There'll be a time when the expert doesn't know what they know. It's so inbred in them. It's so deeply involved in them that sometimes it's hard to do. Now, let's give another example that happens in, in daily life every day. You drive. Do you remember that process of learning to drive? Have you taught a child to drive? I've, I've taught both of my kids to drive. And when I was a, a work, youth worker years ago, I taught lots of, of teenagers to drive. Scary experience, but it was more terrifying for their parents than it was for me. So I took it on and I would just grit my teeth and smile and, and, and bear it. And so I taught a lot of people to drive. And so I, I know that this pattern fits there too. Before you ever get behind the wheel, you don't know what you don't know. You sit there thinking that's the easiest thing in the world. I mean, you just get behind, you move the wheel and push the pedal and off you go and everything's good, right? 
You don't realize all of the the the, um, the very specifics of how you manage a car. You don't understand the laws that are in play around you. You don't know understand how to watch the other drivers and the traffic around you. You don't know what you don't know, and then you try to drive, and you're overwhelmed with it, and it's so hard. And you know the car goes bump 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 and and moves funny ways, and you don't know where the turn signal is, and how to turn on lights, or what to do about the laws, and all those things. You suddenly realize you don't know. You know what you don't know at that point. You know that you don't know how to drive, right? And that's the beginning point. That's the beginning point of any education. When you don't know what you don't know, nothing's changing. So the first barrier is to really get a feel for that. Then you know what you don't know. And when you know what you don't know, now you know what to learn. I've got to figure out how to smoothly push the gas pedal and smoothly hit the brake and smoothly turn the wheel and follow the laws all at the same time. It turns out that driving is one of the most complicated, multitasking things we do in daily life. And we forget that. And so then we're fussing at our kids when they don't do it well, when we're asking them to do a very complicated thing. So we go from we know what we don't know, then we keep learning it. At some point, we know what we know. I know how to drive now. I got my license, right? That doesn't mean that I know everything about it, and I can always be improving how I steer and how I treat things, but I at least have a basic level, right? I know what I know. Over time, and this is what happens by the time we're parents teaching our kids, we've forgotten all that we know. We just do it. You get in the car and you go. That's mastery. When you, know, you no longer know what you know, right? It's just back there. It's happened. It works. So I'm watching people in my class who are doing moves without thinking about it, doing it with their eyes closed, looking like they are cool as cucumber when somebody is crushing them from the top. And I'm going, okay, they've gotten to the place where they know, don't know what they know. Right now, I'm at the place where I know what I don't know. And that's a pretty interesting place to be because it leads to my point number two, beginner's mind. One of the things that I committed to when I walked in was that I wanted to be open to this process. That I, while I might have read a lot of stuff about martial arts, it's been a long time since I've been doing that. And I couldn't expect me to be anything but the beginner. Sometimes we like to pretend like we're not beginners and we act as if we shouldn't be beginning when we're beginning something new. Kind of take it as an insult to our, our ego. You know, you go and you do something, you think you can do it perfectly and you don't. And you're all upset. Well, it's because we don't have the beginner's mind. And the beginner's mind is the place where you can say, I don't know everything and I'm going to learn. But more than that, I'm going to enjoy the process of learning. Part of taking on something new is being willing to have your ego shattered a little bit, right? To, To be humbled a little bit that other people there are way beyond where you are and to have a beginner's mind, Which brings me to a related piece, which is learning is egoless. As a teacher, I see this all the time when people come into my room trying to prove that they already know it. One of my commitments that I don't always succeed in at jujitsu is to be egoless. That if the teacher comes up to me and says, hey, you're not doing that right, I don't have to take it personally. I'll use it as a learning tool. Last night, I was sitting there practicing on the edge. It was before class started, and another classmate and I were uh, practicing the moves on the side. And all the way across the way, I heard, Lee, lock your ankles. 
Why was I being fussed at? Because my ankles weren't locked in a guard position, and they should have been. I could have gone, how dare he do that? He shouldn't have called me across the room. Or I could work from my egoless place, which is where I like to try to be in that class, and say, okay, I need to learn that. Because he's right. My, ego, my ankles weren't locked. Same thing happened later in class when I was doing something. He came over and said, freeze. You need to do it this way, not that way. Now, I could have gone, oh, man, that hurts my feelings. Or I could say, huh, I need to learn that. I need to practice that. Because part of the task of learning has to be without ego. Even though, and here's the interesting thing, even when you're at a mastery level, the, the true master is the person who can let somebody else teach him a piece. And I remember this in jiu-jitsu class when I was working with an upper class person, a high, much higher ranked person than me, and he was doing one part and I could tell he was doing it wrong. And I said, hey, I, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think you're doing this. And he looked at me and said, thank you for telling me, otherwise I won't learn more right? And I was sitting there going, wow, this guy who is multiple belts ahead of me was willing to, to listen to me because his ego wasn't in it. He was about learning. When we take our ego out of it, we have great capacities of learning. And let me say that more specifically. When I take my ego out of it, I have great capacities of learning. That doesn't mean I do it every day. There are times when somebody tries to correct me and I know I'll resist it because I think I should know it already. But here's the thing. I don't know it already, but I have an opportunity to learn it. So one of the big pieces for me in practicing jujitsu is to be back to the place where I have to make sure that I'm egoless. When somebody is correcting me, it's not to point out that I'm wrong. It's not to point out that I don't belong there. It's to point out that I was doing it and it could be done better. We had one person that has come through the class, uh, was there for a few lessons and disappeared. And I figured he would because he seemed pretty convinced that he deserved a black belt the first night he was there. And so he was trying to prove his expertise in it. And as generally happens, somebody is happy to point out he's not an expert in it. And so uh, the person he was working with made sure that he recognized that he did not know what he was doing, right? He didn't have an egoless perspective, and so I think he made it two classes before he realized that was not the place for him. Learning happens in life when we pull our ego back, work from a beginner's mind, and accept that we don't have to know everything. Our task is to keep moving towards learning more and more. Which brings me to number four. Another lesson from jiu-jitsu is that growth and challenge are lifetime pursuits. I started out with a question, what are you doing that's new? Where are you learning? If you're stagnant in life, there's a guaranteed break on that. Learn something new. Try something out, something that will challenge you. Here's the interesting thing that we, we now know. Paradigms, the way we view the world, paradigm models are often broken by outsiders from other places. Because the people who are the insiders are lost without some inform information from the outside. Many industries have people who have come from the outside, brought in their ideas from their own place into a new pursuit, and transformed that place because they're bringing in a new perspective. But not only that, they got a new perspective in the process. I absolutely believe that one of the most crucial pieces of life satisfaction is to be constantly learning and growing.
The other is to be constantly giving back, which is a piece of the model in jiu-jitsu is that as you have learned, you teach. And so I've had opportunities to work with people who are coming into the class who don't know as much as I do and to help them learn a little bit more. And so in the process, I'm both able to learn and to give back some to help others along. And that's a gr- for me, is a greater piece in life. How can I constantly be learning about things, constantly be learning from clients and from new models and new possibilities? At the same time, how can I be giving back to the world and leaving it a better place? Growth and challenge are lifetime pursuits that give us many times over uh, the contribution we put into it, the learning we put into it, because it satisfies such a deep place for us to do that. And that leads us to number five, to admit that mastery is improvement over time. I will never master jiu-jitsu, just like I have not mastered anything else in my life. It's not about mastery, it's about mastering. And the biggest thing that this process has been is to be, be a new connection point about the learning process for me, to allow myself to be in a learning place from the very beginning. When I walked in, I knew very little about jujitsu. I knew very little about how the school do, did it. I knew very little about the moves that would happen. I knew very little. I, I didn't know what I didn't know. But as I've moved through it, I've realized that no matter how good I get, there's always a better. There's always something I can learn from that. So in life, the stuck point is when we say, I've mastered that. We don't master things. We're not in the process of mastery. We're in the process of mastering. So I start with my first question. What are you doing? That's a learning place for you. That's a new adventure for you. A place where you can use that beginner's mind. I can tell you I've learned so much in these five months that has, have enriched my life, not just because now I've had a place to you know, get some exercise and, and learn some new philosophies and, and thoughts about self-defense and sport, but because it's a new pursuit that allows me to stretch in new directions. I invite you to find your new direction if you're stuck. If you found your new direction, I would love to hear what that is. I would love, just leave in the comments, what are you trying out? Uh, Tell me about that. Tell others about that so that people have an inspiration on how we all keep growing. Growth is one of my principles of how we build a thriving life. Uh, If you're interested in that, I would suggest my book on the immutable laws of living where I talk about how change is so necessary and growth is so necessary, as is finding your place of making an impact. You can find more about that book at INeedThatBook.com. I need that book.com. This is Lee Balk. I'm wishing you the best as you build your thriving life. You've been listening to the Thriveology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.